Hello, my name is Russell Warren. I head up the tax team at Travel Smith. I'd like to welcome you to the 12th episode in our Travelling Seamlessly Global Mobility podcast series. In this series, members of the Travel Smith Global Mobility team will talk to you about the implications of moving your people and operation into and out of different countries, and also look at the situations where members of your team may need to work in more than one country. In this 12th episode, Hannah Manning, Colleen Kahn, and Lewis Curry will be recapping some of the topics which have been explored in the last 12 months in the series through the festive lens of Santa and his toy making business. To find out more about the issues discussed in this podcast, Travis Smith Global Mobility Team and how we can help you with your global mobility projects, you can visit our website www.travelsmith.com and search for global mobility. And now over to Hannah, Colleen and Lewis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Travis Smith Travelling Seamlessly podcast. My name is Kaleem Khan, and I'm a senior tax associate in the Travis Smith tax team, and I'm joined by some of my colleagues. I'm Hannah Manning, and I'm a partner in the tax team. I'm Lewis Curry, and I'm an associate in the transaction tax team. So in this podcast, because we're coming up to the festive season and the end of the year, we thought it would be a really good idea to sum up some of the key aspects of the podcasts we've been doing as part of this series over the last 12 months. It's clear that over 2022, global mobility has become a big issue for companies. It's obvious to see why. This is because you have the easing of travel restrictions imposed by COVID and employees are looking for different working patterns following the pandemic. On this basis, a lot of employers have been looking for international talent. They haven't just been restricting their search within their jurisdiction of operation. And employees are often demanding that they work from further afield, not necessarily in the country where their employer is based. For this reason, global mobility is becoming a lot more of a hot topic. And it's interesting and easy to see why, because global mobility poses a number of considerations which have to be taken into account, including tax, employment, immigration, and where you're a regulated business, certain regulatory requirements. So in this podcast, what we're going to do is cover a few of the key themes through a fun and Christmassy guise looking at the considerations, the man that we can rely on to always be globally mobile, that once a year Santa Claus has to consider. Before we get to that, let's just recap what kind of topics we've been covering over our podcast series in case you want to refer back. The types of issues we've been covering are considerations you have to take into account when you have a globally mobile workforce, and that includes, as I've said, tax, employment, immigration. We've also been looking at how you preserve residents within your jurisdiction, particularly where you have an international board. We've also been looking at where you have internationally mobile employees or employees from a number of different jurisdictions, concerns and steps you can take to try and mitigate any foreign tax presence or the creation of any foreign tax presence in another jurisdiction. Finally, we've also looked at the incentivization plans that an employer can undertake to try and incentivize a internationally mobile workforce or a global workforce. And this ranges from options, various share incentive plans, and in the private equity context, carried interest for private equity fund managers. So now that we've started, I would pass over to Lewis, who can set the scene with Santa. Thanks, Blue. 
Yeah, so we thought it would be good to recap on the issues which we've discussed over the past year while taking a light-hearted look at Santa and his toy present-making business. And for these purposes, we're assuming that Santa is actually in business to make a profit, but don't worry, children, as we know, that's that's not true in real life. So just to set the scene, we have Santa, his little helpers, the elves on the shelf, and his reindeer distribution team, and they're each based in Lapland, Finland. They're all tax residents and domiciled in Finland, but it's a global year-round operation to make all of the toys and presents and of course, those elves on the shelf who keep an eye on naughty children spend much of December based all over the world in people's homes. The Worldwide Santa Group is headquartered by North Pole Oi in Finland. And for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to that as North Pole HQ. There are then a number of subsidiaries worldwide, including Santa Limited in the UK. It's busy work. Santa himself is the sole director at North Pole HQ but he's also a director of Santa Limited and visits the UK regularly on a short-term basis for board meetings and other director's duties, sometimes working at the Santa Limited office at a secret location in London. Santa's little helpers also travel to the UK, again on a short-term basis, to manage the toy-making process. Santa employs the best toy-makers in the business around the world, but many of them now want to work from home for some of their time and the elves on the shelf are sent out to work in homes across worldwide, including the UK. So it sounds as though, Colleen and Lewis, what Santa really needs from us is some advice. So what are the points that Santa Group should be bearing in mind as regards the impact of its operations in the UK? Should we start with immigration? Yeah, I think so, Hannah. And immigration is a particularly important point when you're travelling in a jurisdiction where you're not resident. And particularly post-Brexit, even Santa and his helpers can't avoid the implications of Brexit. Because they will be travelling within the UK short term, they're likely to be seen as short-term visitors. And that's the same as any of us travelling to see friends or family in a different jurisdiction. And generally, what that means is that they will be able to stay for six months within the UK. So the things that you can do whilst you're here for six months are limited. You can do certain things like attend meetings which you've been invited to and negotiate certain contracts. However, the extent to which Santa and his helpers will be able to conduct business activities is limited. And it's likely that Santa would probably need to think more about the immigration implications because the limitations on what he would be able to do from a business perspective might prevent him from doing some of the key operational functions of his business. Thanks, Colleen. And I think, just to reiterate your point, I think it's, it's, it's very important to get the immigration piece right, because otherwise Santa and his, his little helpers, the reindeer and the elves, they could all be refused entry at the UK border, and there may also be penalties for illegal working in the UK, which, of course, would, would lead to a lot of disappointment for, for the children of the UK. And I think it's also worth saying that if Santa decides to expand his operations in the UK and hire an international talent to do this, he may need to consider the visa requirements for longer term employees. That's great. Thank you both. 
If you're interested in hearing more detail on immigration issues, then take a look at episode one in our series where Elizabeth Grout and Kalsim Hardy talk about short-term business visitors. Episode seven, where Moji Oydiran and Alex Fisher discuss the immigration regime more widely. And episode eight, where Moji and Alex explore the new visa options for employers. So that's immigration. Uh, how about employment tax? That's an area where getting employment taxes right um, can be really quite tricky. There are helpful rules that are available for those who are coming to work in the UK on a short term basis, but it is a complicated patchwork of provisions and particular directions might be needed from the tax authorities in order to avoid the need to collect tax through UK payroll. To further complicate the picture, the social security rules, which we'll talk about in a minute, are completely separate from income tax and operate in a different way. There are also different rules in play for Santa's little helpers as employees compared with Santa himself as a director from North Pole HQ. So let's talk a little bit about Santa's little helpers and their position. Well, they're employees and they're resident in Finland. They're employed by North Pole HQ. But when they come to the UK, they could be subject to income tax in the UK in relation to the time that they spent here doing their job. And that in turn could result in Santa Limited in the UK needing to deduct and account for that tax via payroll. If the little helpers are also paying tax in Finland, then although the double tax treaty between the UK and Finland will ultimately prevent them from being taxed twice on the same income, without any help, they may end up having to pay both lots of tax and sort things out later via their personal tax returns. Happily, help is available in the form of the UK-Finland Double Tax Treaty, which provides that the little helpers won't be subject to UK income tax if, very broadly, they're only in the UK on a short-term basis and the cost of their employment is borne by an employer outside the UK. This could significantly ease the administrative burden for North Pole HQ and Santa Limited by removing the obligation for UK tax to be collected via PAYE. But the treatment isn't automatic. And if they want to apply it, they need to obtain a short term business visitor agreement from HMRC. So there's a helpful concession there, but some advanced planning is needed to obtain it. So how about Santa as a director? Well, unfortunately, Hannah, for Santa, this short term business visitor scheme is not available for non-UK resident directors. This means that Santa Limited will be subject to PAYE reporting obligations, regardless of how long Santa performs his duties in the UK. So assuming that Santa receives director's fees for attending board meetings and carrying out duties in the UK, Santa Limited will need to operate PAYE on these. Santa might look to avoid these liabilities by limiting his visits to the UK and dialing into board meetings in Finland. Remember that this could create tension with some of the corporate residence issues that we'll discuss later. Great. Thank you, Lewis. I'm going to talk a little bit about Social Security now. And as Hannah trailed, Social Security is completely different to the double tax treaty regime and the PAYE system. So you have to always consider this as a separate item from what Lewis and Hannah have just discussed. So when you're looking at the Social Security position of your employees, there are a number of factors you have to take into account. Particular emphasis will have to be placed on the duration of the stay. But happily, where your employees are staying in an overseas jurisdiction for a short period of time, they may not incur Social Security contributions obligations in the UK. Take Finland, for example, with, with Santa HQ. Finland is an EU country and therefore imposes its own domestic Social Security regime. 
provided that the employees of Santico are only in the UK for a short period and can prove through a certificate that they have been paying Social Security in Finland, they should be able to benefit from not having to pay Social Security or NICS in the UK. However, the key point here is that you'll have to make sure that your arrangements are set up appropriately and you have the relevant admin in order to affect and prove this. If you'd like to hear a bit more about these issues, we direct you to Elizabeth Grout and Kulsoom Hardy's discussion in episode one in relation to employees and to Claire Prentice and Kulsoom's discussion in episode three as regards directors. So moving on now to corporation tax, North Pole HQ will need to ensure that it doesn't create a taxable presence in the UK other than the one that already exists in the form of Santa Limited. Why is this important? It's important because otherwise it may unexpectedly be liable to UK tax on certain of its profits. As North Pole HQ is a non-UK resident company, it could end up being subject to UK tax if it has a permanent establishment or branch in the UK. Now, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's very important that it doesn't happen accidentally, uh, which might result in it missing certain filing or tax payment obligations. What's also important is that North Pole HQ maintains its corporate residence in Finland because that's where it's expecting to be taxed. Colleen, would you like to talk a little bit about the question of where North Pole HQ will be managed and therefore tax resident? Yeah, absolutely. So it's important to look at where actually the Finnish company is managed and controlled under the Finland-UK double tax treaty. The main area where tax authorities look at is where decisions are made and in particular board decisions but this isn't always the case sometimes the underlying residence or location of the shareholders will also be looked at if they're deemed to be the ones who are effectively running the company so what does this mean for santa well effectively if santa's on the board of directors of the finnish entity he should really try to avoid dialing into meetings of finnish co whilst in the uk or making any key decisions because that could put pressure on the idea that the Finnish entity is managed and controlled outside of the UK. So really, he should wait until he's back in Finland to try and uh, make those key decisions relating to the Finnish company. And Kalim, it's obviously important that the Finnish company keeps an appropriate paper trail there to make sure that they're documenting the fact that the decisions are considered and signed off in Finland. How about taxable presence and the question of whether North Pole HQ might end up creating a permanent establishment in the UK? Taxable presence in the UK could be treated as arising if North Pole HQ is trading in the UK, and we'll refer to this as a a PE for short. And a non-resident company will generally be treated as having a PE in the UK where it has a fixed place of business here or where it has what is called a dependent agent, i.e. someone who habitually concludes contracts on behalf of the company. Now, applying that to Sands and his toy making business, the toy makers and else on the shelf are unlikely to be dependent agents of North Pole HQ, but some thought may need to be given to whether they are creating a fixed place of business PE in the UK. For the toy makers, one relevant factor here is whether they are required to work from home or could in fact choose to work in North Pole HQ. However, there are a series of other factors that are also relevant in working out whether there might be a fixed place of business, which is at the disposal of Santa HQ, which also needs to be taken into account. For the L's on the shelf, 
the fact that they are only in people's houses for a short period of time and can move from house to house might be quite helpful. But ultimately, the question of whether a company has a PE is highly fact specific and can vary between jurisdictions, so it's worth obtaining advice. If you'd like to hear a bit more about the corporate tax residence considerations, we would direct you to episode four, where Hannah and Tom Marderson talk about when homeworking could create a taxable presence, and episode 11, where Siv Devakumar and Holly Norman discuss corporate residence generally. Thanks, Lewis. So Santa clearly has a lot to think about from a global mobility perspective, and that doesn't take into account the complexities of setting up a global share incentive scheme for his toy makers, or maybe even setting up a Santa fund and allocating carried interest, which you can find out more about in episodes two and six of the series. But let's leave Santa for now to get on with what he does best, delivering Christmas. We hope that you have a happy festive break. If you'd like to listen again to any of our 2022 podcasts over the break, you can find those on our global mobility website or through Apple or Spotify. And we look forward to bringing you more from Travelling Seamlessly in 2023.